You're, you're rustling. It's making the big sound waves. Marvels. I got it. Okay, I got to adjust the sleeves. Okay, you want to adjust and do all your adjustments? Mm -hmm. Are you adjusted? Mm -hmm. <laughs> Hello, and welcome to the 3H2Humans radio show. Each episode, Leonardo and Mustachio explore conscious communication, varied perspectives, and thought seeds to place in the garden of the mind. Who knows what will grow? Sit back, stand up, drive, or jog. Whatever the motion may be, we are here to support each individual's journey to define health, happiness, and a humble perspective during the information era. Enjoy. Greetings! Today is Sunday, December 2nd, 2018, here in the newly painted headquarters with Brian. Hello. What do you think about the new 3H2 headquarters? It's very Lynn. There's a lot of wacky colors and she's got lights strung up and beautiful pictures of scenery. It's really nice. What would you say are some of the differences from this room, let's say, six months ago and today? It's less cluttered. You got rid of a lot of your clutter, so it's a clean... You like that. You don't like looking at needless stuff. It makes you <laughs> anxious, so I'm glad you got rid of it. So now we don't have to just keep moving it around. Yeah, it's good, though. And it's uh, it's got a light instead of nothing. And it's got strung up lights. It's a it's a comfortable room. It's very Lynn Ardo. Very Leonardo. It's very Leonardo. See, I gave a, a pause so you can edit the first part out. Oh, you've become so courteous. Become? Mm-hmm. I've always been courteous. Mm. You know that's my middle name. <laughs> Brian Courteous. That's it. McDude? <laughs> Is that your last name, McDude? Why would my last name be McDude? I don't know. It was the first name that came to my mind. Hmm. Let's go into that. Why do you suppose that is? Because <laughs> it's very similar to the Smith, like a John Smith, like a McDude. People would know that it's a false name, but it almost works. <laughs> We're also joined here today by the wonderful four-legged creature, the Yeti Spaghetti, and his meatball and beanball. <laughs> and that is pretty funny. We do have a new nickname for me. Mm -hmm. Beanball. <laughs> Yesterday was someone's birthday, and I bought her a veganiz Veganomicon cookbook. Which I thought was kind of funny because the Omnomicon, isn't that like the, the book of all answers? It's supposed to be, it's like the Holy Grail. It's out there, but no one knows where. But this is for vegans in cookbooks. So it's the Veganonicom. <laughs> and we were looking through and there's a bean ball and spaghetti, or yeah, bean ball and spaghetti recipe. Yeti's nickname is Yeti Spaghetti. Lynn started calling me meatball because it's spaghetti and meatballs because we're always together. 
And then I saw bean balls. So she's now spaghetti and meatballs and bean ball. <laughs> yeah. And I like that how each of the names fit us. Spaghetti's kind of noodly and unpredictable. They're sturdy and huggable like a meatball. And I'm... Yeah, I spent a lot of time <laughs> hugging meatballs. When you think of a meatball, is that the first thing you want to do? Huggable? <laughs> sure do. I see a big old meatball on a plate and I think, man, I hope I can give that thing a hug by the, the night's end. <laughs> well, that's you. You're that huggable meatball. Uh-huh. <laughs> and then, so why am I beanball? Because you like beans. You don't eat meat. You're just a big beanball. <laughs> And say I'll go get him a treat, but then he just make licking noises with that. He'll be okay. It's been a while since we've recorded. He's just got to settle in. Mm-hmm. Yes. <laughs> Sleep. For the for the people that Sleep. aren't in the room with us, which is everybody, Beanball just pulled a Star Wars. <laughs> she used the Force to have him lay down. Now he's a good boy. Sleep. <laughs> you spoke about the lighting in the room when you spoke about the new 3H2 headquarters. Today's listener challenge includes lighting. Would you like to read the listener challenge? Yeah, the listener challenge number 44 is a conscious awareness towards the light. I don't feel as strongly <laughs> about this subject as Linda's, so I'm going to have her read the meat and potatoes. Do you want me to read okay. the meat and potatoes? Well, if you'd like, yeah. Just give, it, just give it a one through. Okay. For this week, become aware of light sources within the environment. Is the light natural from the moon, sun, or stars? Or is it light man-made from a streetlight, candle, or screen? Offer extra attention towards why a particular light is there. Question, how does this light affect the environment? As well as, is this level of brightness appropriate for the situation? Be a 3H2 human and apply critical thought to sources of light today. What are your thoughts about that tidbit? For some people, they are very sensitive to different sources of light in different situations. And some people enjoy low light and to be conscious of that and find out where the sources are and if you need light or not. What type of light do you prefer? I guess ideally, like the, the most comfortable is the moonlight. Walking out at night and having it just lit up by the moon's kind of fun. That's my favorite. Oh, that's one of mine too. And it's such a rarity in modern times with street lights and porch lights and lots of human man-made lights all up in the outside land. Your driving lately at night is nil, <laughs> zero to nil. <laughs> but the driving I've done at night 
in California at least, I will say there are very little street lights. I think because power was so cheap in Washington, they had a street light every like 12 feet to light up all the streets. I would say for what I've seen, even the main thoroughfares maybe have one a block on corners. I think because power is a lot more expensive here and the upkeep and maintenance would be astronomical just because of how much of California's developed concrete place. Yeah, and that, that is my point, how developed it is. The outside is not really outside. <laughs> okay, well, it's more outside here than I've seen anywhere. California it keeps it a little darker than I've seen. And it's comforting. It's kind of like not everything is illuminated. Night is night for a reason. I like night. A main theme to this listener challenge mm -hmm. is about questioning how does this light affect the environment? As well as, is this level of brightness appropriate for the situation? And that was a bit what you were touching on, is why things are lit a certain way. Is it because of power? Is it because of the environment? In terms of lighting, I really enjoy the Luminera candles because they have a gentle light. I'm able to navigate in a room and it's not overwhelming. Can, for the people who are unaware, can you explain the Luminera candles? They were a thought scene on an earlier show. So if people who are interested in really hearing the nuts and bolts of the Luminera candles, check out the previous thought scene. Okay. Um, for just a quick, they're battery operated candles and they're really pretty. Okay, so that is the listener challenge number 44, conscious awareness towards light. Next, we have a thought seed game. The game is Rick and Morty Close Rick Counters of the Rick Kind. This is an easy to learn deck building game that provides pink zone fun with a partner. So the Rick and Morty deck building game is the first deck building game that I've played. And I now really enjoy the concept of deck building games. What do you think, Brian? I, it's a fun game. There's a bunch of random cards and when shuffled, they create a new game each time. And there's different strategies, like some cards play well with others. and. It's got a lot of variety for how simple it is. It's been a lot of fun to play. I like that. You pointed out a big component of the kind of games that work for us. I tend to get in the zone and I want to do something over and over like Bob's Burgers. I'm just watching Bob's Burgers just all the time. And for you, I think you like a bit more variety. This game is great because as you were talking about, it's very versatile. Each game is a new game and there's different strategies and ways to mix and match the strategies. There's a lot of variables. It's something of the old and something of the new. Mm -hmm. And that works for us as a, a game partnership. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's a, it's a really fun game. Even if, like I don't, I don't think I've seen all the episodes. I just watch it when it's on with you. And I still find it fun and humorous and 
It's a very thought out game. And it's by a company called Cryptology. Cryptozoic. Oh, it's by a company called Cryptozoic. A lot of their games are built in a similar manner. We haven't found this out, but supposedly they're all interchangeable. You can add to this game. That would be fun if we put superhero deck building game in or another cartoon show's deck building game in and then mix them together with Rick and Morty. Mm -hmm. I'll build you a super game. I'll look for the Bob's Burgers one and the Simpsons and we can throw all three of those together and it would be <laughs> the Lynn super game. That would be cool. <laughs> and I like how you pointed out a person doesn't need to be familiar with the show in order to play the game. Would you say that's true? True. Yes. Even if you are familiar with the show, I don't think it makes it that much better. Like, it's a good standalone game. It's, it's fun. A good time all around to play some Rick and Morty. Can you repeat the name of the game? Yes. The game is called Rick and Morty Close Rick Counters of the Rick Kind. Okay, the next thought seed is a product, and it is a Roomba automatic household vacuum. It's low-profile, circular, self-managing vacuum cleaner. An automatic vacuum cleaner has been a wonderful tool for us around the house. We have Yeti, who's a German Shepherd, and adventurous people coming and going from the house. She's speaking of me. <laughs> Tracking stuff in. For the unaware. We call that being adventurous. I <laughs> <laughs> got a particle. You are a particle. <laughs> and you're a wave. Am I? Mm -hmm. I was just thinking that waves and particles. Remember at the place? Yeah. You're all movie and stuff. Yeah, because I can walk around a pole and I'm taller. <laughs> What's great about the vacuum is I'm able to set it and its little sensors know where the furniture is, what it can go under. I believe it has dirt sensors so it continues in a certain area until it no longer picks up particles. It also has an interface with the, the, your cell phone. I don't think we've put that on yet, have we? No, we are low-tech. We just grab the little guy well, <laughs> and set it. it. <laughs> isn't there a remote? Yes, but do you use a remote? No, no, no. I'm just trying to think. It's, it's got a search and destroy function is what I call it. It's like a little target with an X in it. So if you watch the little room, because the room is kind of fun to watch. Like, <laughs> it almost is, it's almost like a human being, as dumb as that may sound, but it's fun to watch. And when it gets around really dirty part, you can push the little search and destroy button. And then his fan kicks on to high and he does circles until he gradually gets bigger. The room was a, a slick. It is the future of AI is a little vacuum. <laughs> yeah. And it's so logical. Vacuuming doesn't require a whole lot of conscious awareness. So that's an ideal type of chore that could be automized. So then while the Roomba is cleaning the floors, I can do the dishes or fold laundry or do some other task. So it's almost like there's two of me in the house oh, at the wow. same time. <laughs> and the Roomba is a great listener. 
Yeah? Mm -hmm. Do you talk to the Roomba? I do. Oh, good. (laughs) I was thinking you should put Mustachio on it and let him go for a ride. (laughs) King Roomba. (laughs) He would probably enjoy that. Mm -hmm. They've been around for a while, but we just recently got ours. We're recently converts. I think Roomba's been around for like five, six years. Maybe, well, I shouldn't speak that because I have no idea, but I, at least that long. Yeah, so the technology is pretty uh, evolved. Mm-hmm. And that is the Thought Seed product Roomba Automatic Household Vacuum. It really works well if you've got pets and you keep a busy schedule. So if you've got a lot going on, a Roomba's a good thing. Just turn it on when you leave the house and get rid of all that pet hair. <laughs> Just make sure to clean your basket. <laughs> Always take the trash out. Well spoken. That's my public service announcement. <laughs> PSA. We have You, Me, and a Speaker, part one, recorded today with Brian. This is a trial run for the whole You, Me, and a Speaker series. I'm the guinea pig. (laughs) Yes, and I think you're a great guinea pig because you're around me and you see my notebooks, you observe my behavior, you're also aware of how big vocabulary and communication is in my life. How would you explain my note-taking habits for subjects such as this? The you, me, and a speaker side of me. You're very analytical in terms of what people say. You break down the word formation. Content isn't big for you. You don't really care about stories or like, what they're trying to convey so much as how they are saying it is important to you. And you take extensive notes on everybody. (laughs) What happens when I share my notes with another speaker? (laughs) Um, It's, I think people get frustrated, um, but they're at least aware. And often they learn. I would say the majority of times I point something out to a speaker, there's at least a temporary change in behavior. It's neat. I am able to witness at least some level of cause and effect. It's not necessarily what I predict, but it's change. Mm-hmm. You're on the forefront of communication. I don't think this subject is looked upon by a lot of people, um, so it's new. It's, you're very passionate about it. And you're running with it, so good. You're a forerunner. Thank you. Mm-hmm. You heard it here first, folks. <laughs> Greatness sits next to me. A pioneer in consciousness. What would you consider a pioneer in consciousness? What would I consider a pioneer in consciousness? <laughs> yes. Can't say I've ever given that too much thought. <laughs> I don't know, someone that just dedicates their life to it. Or that's their major passion. That's, I don't know. Someone that just puts time in. That's all it is. I agree. Whoever puts the majority of their time in anything, that's 
kind of wooden's shaken up at the end is like a polished project and it just keeps getting polished and polished and polished as more time time goes by until you have Michelangelo the, or David is David the statue by Michelangelo so until you have David the statue of David and you just keep polishing till you get to that point but I mean at the first start it seems daunting because it's just a big chunk of rock but you just got to slowly just chip away it eventually turns into something I agree. My eyeball's making noises. Did you hear only that? you. Yeah, only you would be on the radio show and your eyeball is noisy. Right? Quiet down that eyeball. I know. That's the story of my life, people. Yes, it is. I can't. My eyeball can't even be noisy. And I'm the one saying, quiet down that eyeball. Yeah. <laughs> There's business going on here. I agree with you that time and energy is a huge factor in what someone becomes or what someone calls themselves. It's where energy is put, is how reality is created. Okay, and on that note, we're going to jump on into... Going to rustle around the papers a little bit. Don't worry, she'll edit this out. <laughs> I like watching your laugh lines. Mm -hmm. um, oh, look, my side. Mine's coming out better. Yes, that's that's a good-looking sound wave right there. Her laugh, your laugh sometimes goes from a spike to, like, barely at all. It's funny because I don't know what's different about your <laughs> laugh, but sometimes it's like the sound waves go all the way to the end, and sometimes they don't. I think it has something to do with my oxygen intake. Like when I breathe in, it's quiet, and then I go, ah, and then I blow it out. So it's like uh, laughter is how I regulate my oxygen levels. So if I need, my brain needs oxygen, sometimes I'll laugh. So I can like <gasps> get that air, feed that brain, and then bam, profundity. So if we're ever out in public <laughs> and you just start laughing for no reason, like... Is that a reason to be concerned? No. Or should I look to help you? <laughs> no. Well, your lack of oxygen. <laughs> the best way to help me in that situation is to allow me to breathe. Okay. To get that air. All right. Mm -hmm. Perfect. <laughs> Number one, John List. He was on Freakonomics Radio, episode 353, on October 10th, 2018. In this quote, he uses you, then I, to refer to himself. The quote, you know what is the worst part about getting a bad trip? Is I never received an apology. A potential switch to this sentence, a pink zone 
transition. <laughs> what would you call that? A, a better way to phrase this. <laughs> a better way to phrase this. No, it's got to say pink zone in there somewhere. A better way to phrase this for a more pink zone understanding. Okay, there we go. An Uber driver drove for 25 minutes and returned to the pickup location in my hometown instead of the destination. How will this incident be prevented in the future? Some of the points with this quote, help humanity as a whole. Wait, this guy picked an Uber and then drove around for 25 minutes and dropped him off right where it picked him up? Yes. <laughs> That's awesome. Where are we going? Where are we I going? Will say, I will say lately I've seen a lot of uber and lyft drivers that are of the elderly i wonder if some of it's they don't know how to use a s smartphone and they're like wow shit there's an arrow here <laughs> i don't know i don't know how uber or lyft work but that's hilarious and what, about what happened can we explain can we talk about this like yes. did he just get out so i don't know if lynn mentioned but uh, john list freakonomics radio episode 353 on 10-10-2018. But yes, uh, what's funny about that... How Besides the whole thing? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> this is one of the reasons why I picked this particular quote. Because it's often people who have an inner struggle that their struggle is put onto other people. So I would consider this particular customer service issue... Uh, Mustachio and I were joking as we... Uh, transcribe this and our solution was to put a window in the car <laughs> to put a win like windows are in all the cars that would be the way to prevent this from happening where he ended up at the same place is to put a window so yeah. he could look out the window <laughs> especially it was his hometown like at what point what the, f what the fuck is he doing during 25 yeah. minutes <laughs> so one of the ironic things is his story talks about how he's on his way to a conference and he's preparing his speech. So that's what he's doing in the back seat mm. is he's distracted. He's not paying attention. He's not looking out the window. He's last minute constructing a speech at a convention where I believe was about Uber. Oh, was it? Yes. Oh, that's awesome. <laughs> and then he was late because of this kerfuffle. There's many layers to this story, and I strongly recommend the episode. Okay. It seems like he's pretty angry over this. Yes. And I'm glad you brought that up. That was the point that I see. Uh, I recognize the pattern mm -hmm. when people misuse the word you. Often it's outward aggression due to an internal defense mechanism. Similar to this one, where's my apology? Why didn't this driver say they were sorry? It's a self-entitled <laughs> asshole. It's like everyone. And that's a great point too, is accountability. Yeah. Where is accountability? That's why I like the pink zone response. It clarifies what the issue is and then focuses on prevention in the future. 
rather than having a single apology, which doesn't do a whole lot for humanity, to put a window in the vehicle or find an electronical solution, but some sort of way to prevent it. Electronical. <laughs> One of them electronical solutions? Yeah. It's <laughs> pretty funny. Okay, the next quote, would you like to do the next one or do you like it when I read? Okay. I'm unfamiliar with these episodes, so I, I think it makes more sense for you to do it. I agree. Number two, Ray Dalio on the James Altiter Show, episode 290 on December 12th, 2017. Ray uses you then boldly corrects to I. The quote, And what you need changes as you evolve and so you accumulate. I accumulated a lot of different principles for various phases in the business. Ray switches from a subconscious process, which is yellow zone, to a conscious process of thought, which is pink zone. And this is another audio clip which is best heard as is um, as opposed to typed and then spoken in my voice there's a lot of conviction in Ray's voice when he switches from that subconscious process of when you do this you feel this way to the conscious process of when I do this I feel this way where there's a conscious awareness towards an idea that each human has their own neuronal connections even though we, as humans, may hear something or see something, each person will interpret that in a slightly different way. Okay. <laughs> Do you think each person interprets something different? For example, if you saw a bird in the sky, would you interpret that experience differently than if I saw that same bird in the sky? Oh yeah, 100%. Like if a hunter walks by he's going to look at it different than a vegan such as yourself you know it's just it's all different it's all relative to one's oneself yes and that's why it's important to be conscious of a use of you instead of saying when you look at that bird you feel this way i understand what you're getting at and i think it's best to remove you from when speaking for situations for other people what do you think about this quote in terms of its content? To accumulate a lot of different principles for various phases in a business. Have you noticed that within yourself when you've had a job and the principles and the ideas of the business change and evolve over time? Yeah, I've seen it change and companies try and shift and I've noticed the bigger they are, the harder that is to make happen. But yeah, and I think that needs to be, people need to change to stay up on changes every day, one way or the other, and to constantly evolve is really the only way to become, to become and remain successful, because, I mean, 95% of the businesses from 100 years ago, there's a reason they're not around still. <laughs> I mean, no one needs a covered wagon, so covered wagon business, it's gone. You know? It's out. It's out. 
So yeah, change. Okay, the third quote is from Alan Alda. You listen to Star Trek Radio? Yeah. What's that about? I gotta, can I do the intro? Oh, yeah. <laughs> Go on. <laughs> Alan Alda, Star Talk Radio, Season 9, Episode 35, on September 21st, 2018. Alan uses we. That's a terrible, there's no transition. I had difficulty with that part. And I just want to correct myself. It says Star Talk, not Trek. Oh, okay. I saw the my brain took the four letters with T and K at the beginning, and it went to Trek. I was like, you listen to Star Trek? There's a Star Trek <laughs> podcast? I'm sure it is, and I'm sure it's all lovely, because there's a lot of Star Treks. <laughs> but Star Talk. So in this, this episode, Alan Alda uses we, and it's kind of a profound explanation of the Pink Zone. So we would just like to share it with you. So the Pink Zone quote is... Um, I don't think we are really listening unless we are willing to be changed by the other person. So you got to go into a conversation with an open mind and really listen to what they have to say. And if it, you can use whatever they piece together with your own beliefs and that just makes you that much smarter. You know, that's knowledge. Knowledge just kind of compounds and rolls up. And so to really take the viewpoint of someone else, because everyone, like Lynn says, everyone's a the master of their own domain, so to speak. She chose to focus her energy on communication and conscious awareness and staying in the pink zone and yellow zone. And so to talk to her about this kind of subject and listen to her, and you may not agree, but just take what she has and you can add your own beliefs and then you'll be, but too often people just, no, fuck you. Nope, shut it down. And I think that shows both ignorance and stupidity. That, no, I don't need, I know it all already. Well, no one knows everything. So all you got to do is listen. Why do you think it's difficult for people to listen? What I've noticed a lot recently, everyone's really self-absorbed. Everyone wants to say how awesome they are. And so I, I think that there's a, an ego base of, I don't need to learn this, I know everything sort of thing because you've got <laughs> I've watched you get shut down for no reason you just say like she'll reach out to someone in the community uh, like podcasters and whatnot and just say hey you seem to use the word you a lot and immediately it's the like completely ignorant or uh, yeah go fuck yourself here's a link to my web store which I think is hilarious for those people out there that are doing that that's funny not good for Len, but it's funny that you're just continually to peddle your wares like a snake oil charmer. <laughs> Fucking creep. Anyway, it's a modern day snake oil. Like they rolled into town and sold everyone water that would magically heal them. That's what they're doing. But too often people just shut you down without actually listening or trying to find your, your side. I spoke a little bit about that in the introduction episode, how the majority of people I interacted with didn't even know what I was saying. They don't understand my question or my perspective before shutting me down, as you're saying. And it's that no, it's not mentality. 
The opposite of a no, it's not mentality is tell me more. And this is what I encourage in myself when I recognize I'm putting up walls and I'm shutting people down. I think, tell me more. How can I learn this person's perspective? How can I allow myself to be changed by this person? Even if just for a moment. I like that. That's a good philosophy to have. So going with an open mind, that's me. I'm pretty open to everything. I just like experiencing things, especially if it gets weird. We talked about that. If it gets weird. <laughs> that's fun. And then we learn from it. I think that's one of the reasons why we get along so well is because we both are pretty open-minded to the other person's perspective. We can go to each other's pink zones and allow each other to change us. For the sound in the background, just to let everyone know, Mr. Spaghetti is currently snoring. <laughs> the Jedi sleep trick worked. Yeah, it did. He's out <laughs> like a light. What do you think about this? Willing to be changed? Hold on, let me stop you right there. <laughs> let me tell you something. That's like Lynn's normal interaction. <laughs> Sorry, go on. Oh, that's so funny. It's, that's very accurate. I just get shut down and told what the truth is by someone else before they even want to understand my truth. Mm-hmm. And it motivates me to learn why and what I can do to prevent it. The window in my Uber. I continue to figure out what that is. <laughs> I didn't mean to distract you. I just thought that was a good point to interject to kind of make a point. So go on. Willing to be changed by another, pink zone, versus fear of change by another, yellow zone. What are your thoughts on that? blurb willing to be changed by another is like a listening that's a true conversation i agree with that statement and i'm not really going to brush upon it because i think i think everyone with half a brain can realize that that that's right versus fear of change by another i i don't know if i'd say fear of change i just think it's ignorance i mean it, it can be a portion of the fear of change people are comfortable the way they are knowing what they do maybe but i'd also say Fear of change is true, but then all of a sudden, I feel like on the other end, people think, oh, you don't know anything. This is the way it's supposed to be done, just the way I do it. But why? Why do the people feel the need to halt another in order to interject their own perspective? Because everyone's reality is their own personal experience. I mean, I'll never see the world through anyone's eyes but my own. I mean, I may be able to work my best to put myself in that situation, but I'll never be. All of my experiences up to this day right here are why I'm wired. That's how I'm wired and how I see things. That's the way it works. Their reality is their reality. The best way I could describe, similar to what you're describing, is fear of change. Figuring out what is the behavioral mechanism that is different in those who are willing to be changed. 
And to me, it was fear. It was fear-based defense mechanism. And, and I would say that's probably the majority of reason. But there, I mean, I think there's other external, other circumstances maybe. I don't know. It's tough to generalize something that I haven't put. I don't sit around all day thinking about <laughs> such as someone else I know. So as the, I won't say expert because that's a pish posh word, but as the more honed knowledge keeper, <laughs> we'll default to you. Well, thank you. I appreciate you following my lead. I'm really kind of frustrated right now. I use knowledge keeper. That's the word I use. I'm starting to sound like you. <laughs> Shit. Person who spends all day thinking about this sort of stuff, we're going to default to you. How about that, everybody? I like it. <laughs> Go ahead and read the second blurb. Misuse of you, linked to fear of change by another, subconscious to stereotype versus willingness to change, conscious awareness to explore new concepts. And that was another set of equations that popped up was a misuse of you is in the same basket as a fear of change by another, which is involved in a subconscious process to stereotype, to say, the last time this happened, this happened. And that's how it always will be. That's a fear to change. Whereas conscious awareness to explore new concepts replaces those stereotypes. Instead of saying, because this happened in the past, it's going to happen again, there's a willingness to explore infinite possibility that perhaps this thing is different than it was yesterday and it'll be different in two days and that life in general is pliable rather than absolutes. This thing is bad. This thing is good. It's on a continuum of those concepts. <laughs> Thank you, Knowledge Keeper. <laughs> It's like a jellyfish. I just want to be a jellyfish, just how it moves and swims and dances. Life is that same way. It moves and swims and dances between concepts of good and bad and right and wrong. It's a mixture. Situational. Yes, as you were saying, situational. I guess that's that about wraps it up. Do you have any final thoughts? Yeah, I do. I have some final thoughts. I've got a <laughs> seven-page manifesto here to ramble off about for a little bit. <laughs> just kidding. Uh, <laughs> I just want to say, Mustachio, Leonardo, and I wish everyone health, happiness, and a humble perspective to all creatures on Earth and beyond. That's a new one. <laughs> Yeah, I was playing with the taglines. Okay. Well, all you creatures on Earth and beyond, health, happiness, and a humble perspective. Diligence today equals a thriving community tomorrow. Enjoy. Enjoy.